Rob Cartledge here of robcartledgeministries.com. In 1 Peter 3.15, we are told to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Scripture exhorts us to be fluent in apologetics. In this world of postmodernism, our faith is being questioned more than ever before. In response, God has raised the standard and has given us more evidence for our faith than ever before. Apologetics 101. I'm going to be tackling a pretty big question or a big argument that's actually being uh, posed against uh, belief in God and God's existence. That, you know, this question's being asked all over the earth at the moment. Uh, this is in our Apologetics 101 sermon series, which is this our third sermon in this series. And uh, the first one was God versus science. Uh, second one was um, biblical authentication. And this one, why does God allow suffering? So it's going to be a tough one and uh, I'm not going to give a complete answer because it's one of those answers that is just really tough to give completely. But I'm, I'm certainly going to be able to at least show that God can enable us to suffer and suffer well in a, in a sense, but also can give us some kind of explanation hopefully why belief in God is much better during suffering than no belief in God. All right, so let's pray. Thank you, God. I thank you for this time now. I thank you for the privilege and the honor of being able to speak on your behalf, Lord, and bring a message uh, to us that I hope will really help us in our life and be able to answer some questions one day when they're posed against us that some of this sermon will come back to our memories and, and help us to answer some of these really tough questions. And Lord, I just pray over this sermon that, Lord, you will just anoint me to deliver it in, in a way that is just, right and true and fair, and that it'll be a sermon that will really have an impact on those <coughs> listening on YouTube and, uh, and uh, podcast all around the world. And we pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Right, so let's turn to Romans, Romans 8.18, if we can. And it says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So what Paul's saying basically is any suffering that we go through in this life, even though it is, it can be terrible, it can be tough, it can be hard, painful, but it's not even worth comparing with eternal life in the kingdom of God, with Jesus Christ as Lord. And so I think that's a really valuable scripture just to hold in your memories and maybe even commit to memory because it's uh, one that can really answer a lot of questions. When we are suffering, that we can look ahead to the glory that will be revealed in us one day in the future. So it's, it's a good scripture. Here's a question. Why suffering? How many of you have actually considered that? Why do we suffer? Why does God allow suffering? You know, this life is filled with tragedy, horror, and the saddest, most depressing stories of suffering, hardship, and needless deaths. It is easy to understand why people question God's existence. The devastation of millions due to tsunamis, earthquakes, and other natural disasters like cyclones and, and so on. The millions killed in wars and revolutions and by ruthless dictators over the centuries especially in the 20th century. The terrible famines and droughts that have stolen multiple millions of lives. The millions killed yearly around the world through accidental deaths. 
the merciless waves of sickness and disease which has robbed millions of quality life and in many cases caused slow, painful deaths? These are tough questions. These are things that this is, you know, this happens all around us all the time. What about the increase of violent crime and madmen who take pleasure in the suffering and killing of their fellow humans? Why does, is this allowed to take place? When you look from a Christian perspective, what about the millions of uh, martyrs that have been martyred in the most cruel ways possible, killed in the most cruel and you know, merciless ways, and God's allowed it? You know, so from a Christian perspective, it's hard to understand. And from a non-Christian perspective, or an un from an unbeliever's perspective, it's even harder to understand. So I'm going to try to, in, in this short sermon, to give us some kind of understanding, help us in this area. It's a pretty tough call. Theologians all around the world have been challenged with this question for the last 2,000 years, and, and not many have come up with, the, with totally adequate answers. So why suffering? How can there be a God who is compassionate and loving to all he has made and infinitely good, yet this same God can allow these senseless tragedies to occur? How can God just sit back and allow such great evil and suffering to take place continually? How can God just sit back and allow this to continue day after day, you know, year after year, for thousands of years? These are tough questions and one answer may satisfy one situation but not satisfy another situation. Because you always find you'll answer maybe adequately one area and then the atheist will say, yeah, well, what about this then? And you go, oh, well, and then you try to backtrack and... <laughs> Re realign your words to answer that one adequately and then there's another one there's always another situation that can't be explained I remember reading William Lane Craig in his book On Guard he talks about a child that um, was drowning slowly in this mud pool and watched by the news for a few days and they just for some reason she was trapped and they couldn't get to her and couldn't free her and, and they just watched on national TV this child slowly drowning in this mud until she just died and just swallowed her up. You know, why was that allowed? What did that child ever do? You know, and why did it have to be such a terrible, you know, frightening, slow way of dying? You know, these are tough questions. These are the things that keep people from turning to God. So to answer that these things satisfactorily, let's firstly look at the question. The question of suffering. And it's been one of the greatest arguments of atheists for the non-existence of God. The argument is something like this. One, if God exists, then why is there suffering and evil? If God exists, and he's infinitely good and infinitely righteous and holy and all that, why is there then suffering and evil? Their follow-up argument is because there is suffering and evil, then God does not exist. So the conclusion after making that first statement is that because there is suffering and evil, God does not exist. Can you see how that logically follows? Maybe in an atheist mind, can you see how that will logically follow? If God exists, and as we know, God is infinitely good, then why is there suffering and evil? And because there is suffering and evil, then God does not exist. It's an assumption and a conclusion made just because of some moral standard that they've gone and drawn. How does an atheist explain suffering? So if, if the atheist is true and God does not exist, and just say he is true, just say God does not exist, 
as, and, and the atheist is right, then we've got to ask the atheist, how does the atheist explain suffering? And what hope does the atheist offer as consolation? Because if it's true and the Christian hope is all wiped out, then okay, let's forget about their hope now. Let's see what does the atheist hold as a hope. And I think that's got to get backtracked a bit. It's got to, got to be redirected at them. But they always got these little loopholes they use. One atheist answered that question. I was reading on some blogs and some threads about this very question. One atheist answered that question by saying, as an atheist, I see no actual need to really explain suffering. So that's good. As an atheist, he doesn't see any need to explain it. But as a Christian, oh, we've got to have a perfect explanation. But as an atheist, I don't need any explanation whatsoever. That's a bit you know, double standard, isn't it? It's a double standard, I believe. <laughs> but reading a number of blogs and the answers of this question uh, to atheists, I was shocked at the incoherence and absolute hopelessness of their answers. The answer I placed above really sums up their view. When you ask them why, why does suffering exist, they just say things like, you know, people aren't very nice or people are cruel. 